Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And I've really enjoyed the dynamic of having a family of five and having three children you know what actually we can do this i really loved watching the bump grow i had a little ultrasound of our daughter in a frame by my bed i want her to feel happy and secure in my love for her i'm just going to let her be the person that she wants to be Hello and welcome to Some Families, the LGBTQ plus and everything in between parenting podcast that you have been waiting for. Hopefully you've been following our journey with our um, previous episodes. But if you're new and this is the first episode you're listening to, well, welcome. My name is Lottie Jeffs. I'm a journalist, a writer and a magazine editor. And my fabulous co-host is Stu Oakley. Hello. Again, this week, due to COVID, we are not in the same place. I don't get to see Lottie's lovely face apart from on my video screen. But the show must go on. <laughs> Just to give you guys a bit of context as well, I'm looking at Stu on my Zoom screen and um, he has basically like a circus big top behind him, which is his kid's um, garden tent. This episode, we have two fabulous guests. We're incredibly excited. They are attractive, charming, witty, um, incredibly intelligent, and they are they are indeed. Today I'm going to be revealing all about my secret circus fetish. No, in all... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be asking Stu just what he gets up to with the big top on his bed. The big top on his bed. Oh, the ring, God. the ring. I am the ring. I am the ringmaster. But anyway, anyway, that aside, I mean, because I mean, who is Lottie? I still don't really know her. I had a few questions for her in episode one. <laughs> and we kind of talked about the fact that her and her wife did IUI, yada, yada, yada. But who is the woman behind the mic? I want to know more. <laughs> so today we are delving yeah. a bit more into our journeys. Before we kick off all that, I mean, how has your week been, Lottie? What have you been up to? Good. I'm feeling like I'm really getting into being uh, a housewife. And like, because I'm quite competitive, my wife and I split our days with our daughter. So when it's my day to look after her, I have this insanely like competitive drive to do it really, really well. And so that when she comes down from our home office in the evening, 
I've made the kitchens all clean. I've made dinner. Everything's put away. There's a scented candle lit. Um, I had dinner party Your daughter's classic. playing Mozart. Yeah. <laughs> She's asleep. Actually, my wife put her, put her to sleep while I did all of this. Um, put on a little playlist on the iPad, coming out the speaker, like feeling like I'm just like the best housewife since uh, Betty Draper. And um, weirdly, like I'm quite enjoying it. It feels like it's um, it's just a simpler life. And there's a lot to be said for it I think as as long as you're not someone that's dealing with the harsh realities of this situation we're in like on the front line with it or or worried about someone that's ill or worried about yourself or your family or lost your job you know actually there are there are definitely some positives that are going to come from it what about you Stu? Yeah I completely agree it's for us and I would say we're very lucky both of us with our with our situations and I was even thinking about the other day so when we did when we did our adoption training, we had to do some get some training in with children. It was part of the mandate and it couldn't just be, you know, looking after nieces or nephews or whatever. It had to be actually to show that we had experience with children. So John and I signed up to a local uh, they are a charity, a local charity that looks after special needs children and children with um, specific learning difficulties and we did that each weekend for a few months and the respite that that centre gave to so so many parents even if it was just a few hours on a Saturday morning was so important how how like those parents must be feeling at the moment to to not be getting that respite and to not be getting that care for their children that that they so desperately need for their own mental health for their other children's mental health for for their for their mm. well-being is it makes me feel very blessed and i think being in this situation and not having to face real hardship makes you realize how lucky you are and maybe makes you makes one stop moaning about life in a certain way and as you say Hmm. going back to a simpler way of life totally and I think if at home you're listening to this and you are experiencing a really hard time for whatever reason with your family we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to hear your story so please contact us on Instagram or social media or email us so yeah my week's been it's been really nice so far. Something funny did happen actually this week that I'm gonna admit to you guys so my daughter has this thing where she says to me Mama, draw a picture of mummy, draw a picture of mama. So I often find myself drawing like little cartoon pictures of me and my wife and her. And um, I did this one. She was she was sitting in her high chair and we were having dinner and she said, draw, draw mama. So I was standing over her and I, I drew it with her crayon, but I drew it upside down because I was sitting opposite her and I wrote mama and mummy upside down, which is harder than you might think like the writing letters the wrong way around anyway the next day I saw this little picture that I'd drawn um for my daughter I saw it on the table and I thought oh that's so cute that's actually a really sweet picture and I put it on Instagram with the caption lockdown still life I then proceeded to get a load of lovely likes and comments but everybody thought that it was my daughter who had done this drawing And so I was getting loads of people saying, brilliant, she's really got your likeness. She's so talented, blah, blah, blah. Now, bear in mind, my daughter's not even two. She's two in like three months. 
but it got to the point where I was too embarrassed to say that I that I had done it what would you do would you fess up that actually I had done the drawing because at the moment everyone thinks my toddler is like some kind of genius do you are you sorry for my delay I was just on the phone calling the police to report some fraud (laughs) I saw the picture I saw the picture and I must admit for a fraction of a second I thought wow her daughter is really talented and then it suddenly hit I was like oh no wait a minute that must have been Lottie that that did that but that's what I thought it would be obvious because everyone that follows me on Instagram knows how young my daughter is and I actually thought it was quite a good drawing (laughs) like I think you I should feel more maybe put out that people think that your drawing is that of a of a two-year-old. Well, exactly. Although to be fair, my only drawing that I could ever do is stick parents. I can only ever do stick stick men, stick women. That's it's it. not a good picture. If you're interested, you could go and find me at Lottie Jeffs and have a look at this offending picture. Yeah, do I fess up on Instagram or do I just carry on the lie? I think you carry on. I, and I don't one and a half year old is a budding. Picasso. So what about you, Stu? How's your week been? So we have decided to use lockdown as an opportunity to toilet train our middle son and use this time to not worry about him running around naked and not worry about him wetting himself when we we're out, etc, etc. Plus, he was pretty interested in the toilet anyway because of his older sister. So it seemed like the right time. And he is two and a half. We talked before about how I was dealing with my little girl's ninny when we were going through changing her nappy and oh my god suddenly being face to face with the vagina which I'd never done in my life (laughs) and so now it's the exact opposite it's my husband and I trying to deal with the fact that he's got this little winky that he's using and helping him hold it standing up to go to the toilet or just general care of his little winky and (laughs) getting used to getting used to the obsession that he now has of his little winky so it's he's playing with it all the time he's using it as a garden hose he's it's 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 his new it's his new toy basically and he is incredibly proud of it and is using it an awful lot oh my god so funny and it's things that you find yourself that other parents have said to you or that you've heard in society like oh stop playing with your winky otherwise it'll fall off or (laughs) you know, things like that, or, or you'll go yeah, or put it away or, and you, I feel really conscious that I, whilst you need to balance that, that element of, he can't just have it out in public and be weeing everywhere and doing everything at the same time, you don't want him to have some kind of shame about his winky. Mm. It's a, it's an interesting, and it's something I need to do more reading of. And I would love to have anybody else's, you know, guidance and support of things that they've done on it. And when they've been going through the process of toilet training or little one's obsession with winkies, you know, it's... Also, just, it's so funny that you call it winky. Like, I'd be really interested to know what other parents' um, philosophy about naming body parts and genitalia is because um, we should have a glossary. I know there's one yeah but I know there's one school of thought where it's like just use the actual word mm. and it was quite funny I was with a friend who's got a three-year-old and we were walking through the park and suddenly this little toddler chimes up mummy my vagina's hurting <laughs> and I was just like so taken aback but um actually like that's 
probably great isn't it it's just us that have the stigma around the yeah the actual anatomical words like we shouldn't shouldn't necessarily transfer that sense of like awkwardness and shame onto our kids you know why not just call it the thing it is yeah. what do you call what do you call your daughters to her at the moment we haven't we haven't got to that stage yet thank god I don't know what I'll I was do. gonna say it's just the black hole but then that sounded completely wrong as well. <laughs> hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I was just wondering if you could fill us in on where you're at with that process with your son, having to kind of prove yourself again and jump through hoops for adoption agencies to get approved. So the journey that we've been on with our youngest has been really, really interesting, mostly because it has been so, so different to the journey that we went on with our first two. And it is not the usual adoption journey because we didn't find out for a long time. And I covered this before in our episode where I talked about the when we found out about him. So it's all been a bit backward and it's all been a bit rushed and it's all been a bit different to anything we've we've previously experienced. But it was interesting talking to all the social workers when we were going through the process because I think the one thing that kept coming up from them all was how are you going to cope with three? Having three is going to be this incredible nightmare of a challenge. How are you going to deal with it? Having been in it, and done it for the last almost five months now it's been pretty okay and I think that's one of the things I'm most proud about is the fact that we can cope as a family five and actually dealing with three children has been okay and it hasn't been the horrendousness that the social workers were almost kind of instilling in us and even Mm. just last night I, and this is a regular occurrence, it wasn't just a one-off, but last night my husband did all the tidying up of all the dinner while I went upstairs and 
washed, showered, did teeth, pyjamas of all three on my own. And I just finished it and I was like, you know what, actually, we can do this. Um, mm. And the next steps for us, it's it's kind of all on hold at the moment. We have to go through a process of having him live with us for 10 weeks. And at the end of that 10 weeks, you are then able to fill in what is called the A58 form, which is a form which formally applies for you to adopt a child to the court. And it's something you have to fill in. That's then sent off to the family court of their local authority. They approve it and then it gets sent to court and you have to wait a court date. And then there is a point in court where it's read and then later down the line they do what is called the celebratory hearing. So we're in the process of getting that A58 form completely filled in and ready to send off. The problem is, is that at the moment because of COVID, they're only seeing certain cases through court. So it may take, and it's also, we also have to prove, we have to supply various documentation like birth certificates, etc. that is proving hard to get hold of because all the local authorities' actual offices are in lockdown. So there's a bit of a hold up at right. the moment until we can get the official, official stamp of approval and then the celebration hearing. But we're hoping it's going to be very soon. So at the moment, Stu, are you, what's your status? Are you fostering to adopt? Is that the correct term? We did foster to adopt um, for a period of about a month with him. Then it went to a matching panel at the local authority and the local authority approved us as potential adoptive parents of him and from that point you no longer become a foster to adopt you become a potential um adoptee and he because he he came under our care we do not have full parental responsibility for him until uh until we have that full adoption order the full parental responsibility is still under the local authority however in an emergency situation there are certain decisions that we can make and we can t- obviously if he was in a critical touch wood god forbid situation then they would just deal with it however they would ever need to deal with right but if it was anything less emergency related they wouldn't be able to take our permission as parental permission. They would need to have the local authority via his social worker's permission. Okay. So we're still in so we are still in that grey area. He does already feel like our family because he is part of our family mm. and he is the sibling to my son and daughter. It feels very much like it's less of a concern. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's incredibly important to us and we can't wait to get it done and dusted. But the fact it's being held up potentially because of COVID and the situation has not put us in the spin that it potentially would have done when we adopted our, our, our my elder daughter and son. How has the dynamic of your family changed since having your youngest son? So we've spoken a bit about what's actually happening legally and in terms of the adoption process, but... And you've you've talked about how it's actually easier than you anticipated and that social workers and everyone was sort of trying to drum into you that it would be. But what about your sort of family dynamic in terms of the other two kids, how it's how they're sort of warming to him or not or anything that you didn't anticipate? I'll be completely honest. I was always wary about having three children because I feel feel that it's an odd number and I'm very 
I'm a bit OCD like that as well. I am always, I can never, <laughs> I can never deal with odd things. I always have to deal with. Oh no, you're going to have a force. It's going to have to happen. It's going to have to happen. It's going to have to happen. But actually it's been, and again, it's been fine. It's, and I, I think as people and as humans and as parents, you just kind of get on and just, just deal with it and build up a resilience to things. And I've really actually enjoyed the dynamic of having a family of five and having three children. I think you can play around with the pairings a lot more. And by that, I mean, you can take your, like my daughter out on a day trip and the two boys can stay at home with my husband. Because there's more of you, you can take time out to spend different kind of combinations as a family that's really nice yeah really really nice I love that my personal experience is so it's just so small like such a small family just it was just me my mum and my dad I just I don't know how I'd I I don't know like I find it so reassuring speaking to you Stu about it because I feel like you have such an incredible just attitude and sense of resilience and like positivity and just like yeah we can do it it's fine it's just one more kid like if you're bathing them you're bathing two already stick another one in it's fine and for me like that's so lovely to hear because I think sometimes in your head you can kind of build things up to being impossible when actually they're not like I mean if you think about it if someone said to us like this time last year in a year's time, you're all going to be on lockdown. You're not going to be able to leave your houses except to go and do exercise. You're not going to, you'll be working from home. And do, we'd be all be like, well, we can't do that. That's impossible. That's impossible. But you know what? When you're in it, you just do it, don't you? And I think that I found that really inspiring from talking to you. So thank you so much for, for being so honest about your experience in that respect. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, it's, we are, we just do, people just do as they can. And I think, as you say, that's what's being shown so much at the moment. And what about you and your husband? Um, how have your roles with the kids changed? Um, I guess throughout throughout parenting, since first um, bringing your children home to now, like, do you, do you feel that you had different roles at first? And are they shifting and changing or are they quite fixed? I don't think my husband and I have ever had defined roles in our parenting, which again goes into what I feel is so wonderful as a gay parent that we didn't have inbuilt gender stereotypes. We both cook the dinner, we both clean, we both, I would say we both do DIY, but that's a complete and utter lie. And actually... <laughs> If I was to try, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. John would be mortified <laughs> if he ever knew I was saying that. And we do share the care load for them. You know, if a nappy needs changing, it's just whoever's closest. So, Lottie, you're not off the hook. <laughs> I have some. I have some questions for you. So, I just want to take it back slightly. So, in our first episode we talked a lot about the steps that you and your wife took to conceive your daughter via RUI. And we talked about, you know, the different journey that you went on through that process and the experiences with finding the donor, etc. But I just wanted to ask you generally, what happened next in terms <laughs> Great of, question. you know, 
because your wife then was pregnant for nine months and yeah. then your daughter came into the world and how was it for you during that time as the other mother do you remember particularly how you were feeling during that time yeah I do and I think this this is a really nice thing to talk about, actually, um, and hopefully it will resonate to any potential other mothers out there or um, current other mothers whose partner is pregnant or will hopefully one day be pregnant, is what that experience of the pregnancy is like if you're not physically pregnant. Um, I loved it. It was beautiful. Um, I... I really loved watching the bump grow. I had a little ultrasound of our daughter in a frame by my bed um, that I would just stare at and kind of put my hand on my wife's tummy and like feel her kicking. And it was just incredible, like mind blowing and beautiful. And I just felt so, so, so involved. It never felt like her thing it just felt like both of our things. It just so happened that it was happening inside her body, but it was still equally emotionally, intellectually on every other level, so much mine. Um, and I think that would be a great piece of advice to, to people thinking about becoming the non-biological mother of a child is, is to just trust that that experience will be so, so wonderful and special for you. And I don't think you'll ever feel like you're missing out because you're you're in it. I mean, yeah, it's hard when, you know, my wife wasn't very well for a few months um, in the early stages and, and that was hard to see her sort of suffering. Um, but she got through it and then the pregnancy was great and each day just kind of brings you closer and closer to the baby. And we were tracking it on this app that tells you what size fruit it is every week so it would go from like a raisin to a grape to a I don't know what it was at the end like a pineapple or something hideous um but you just you're so invested in it and it's such a lovely experience and I was reading all the books and um you know just really kind of getting my head into it in the same way that she was I guess except my body wasn't changing my mind was um and it was funny being at work and sort of saying, oh, I'm expecting a baby in three months. And people just like looking at me like, oh. And then I'd always be like, I'd wait a beat just to like, for comedic effect. And then I'd be like, yeah, um, my wife's carrying. Um, but yeah, that was the funny thing of sort of talking about expecting a baby as a woman and not looking pregnant at all. Um, I did quite like, messing with people's heads um when they talk to me about it but yeah in the end I was always like quite straight upfront um and honest about what was going on as soon as I could be do you feel it was something you wanted to shout about quite a bit having that situation what? where you you were you were pregnant with with your wife you were expecting a baby mm. Obviously, as you say, it wasn't showing, so you might not be treated in the same way by, say, maybe people in different yeah. meetings or things like that. Like, not saying that pregnant women should be treated any differently, but I think you expect maybe a question or or something. Did you feel that? What I experienced, yeah, what I experienced when I was working in an, an advertising agency that was very male-dominated and quite sort of alpha and ego-driven 
I noticed a lot of men coming out of the woodwork as dads and giving me like dad advice. Um, so I think I kind of fell into the category of of like dad. So it would be like drinks, you know, after work and like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, this is what it was like for me. And, you know, yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. And blah, blah. But I felt it was really nice because actually these blokes, that otherwise I had nothing in common with really, really opened up and were like sweet and vulnerable to me. And um, it was almost like I was being let into this secret club of of men that don't normally talk about being dads um but somehow the fact that I was a woman but I was experiencing what they were experiencing of being the partner I feel like gave them license to sort of talk to me and it really opened up to me so that was an interesting experience that's really nice that's a really nice way of describing it like being welcomed into the club as it were yeah Totally. And, you know, I don't want to be there like, well, I'm a mother. I must be treated as a mother. You know, it is different being the non-biological mother. I don't think you can claim that it's the same, exactly the same experience as carrying a child. It's not, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be. Um, It doesn't make it any less of a valid experience in the same way being adoptive parents doesn't make it any less of a valid experience. But we shouldn't hide away from what makes it different. You know, we shouldn't just try and make it the same. I think it's okay to lean into the difference. And this is something we've spoken about in a couple of other episodes, you know, lean into that difference and that otherness and embrace it and enjoy it. Celebrate our difference as parents. At what point did you find out during the pregnancy her gender or was that something you only found out at the birth? We did. We found out um, we're both inquisitive journalists and we just had to know. So, yeah, we found out and then... um, choosing a name was the next tricky thing so when you found out you were having a girl how did you feel because as LGBT parents I always find that gender is a really interesting topic and being two women with a girl I'm just interested to know how what your kind of immediate thoughts were I was thrilled I was really really pleased I would have loved a boy as well equally, but there were elements of it, as we've discussed, that would have been quite unknown territory for me. And I really knew what I'd be getting into with a girl. At least I think I do. I mean, God knows when she's a teenager, you know, what that will be about. But it felt, it just felt really special. And um, honestly, I was thrilled that it was a girl. However, if we have a boy in the future, I would equally be thrilled to have a boy. I mean, as an only child, do you feel that you, based on your experiences, is is that something you definitely, you would like for your daughter to have a sibling? I'd really like her to have a sibling because what's tough as an only child isn't when you're a child. Like, that's great. Then you get everybody's attention. And if you're lucky, um, as I was, and, you know, you learn how to play by yourself and you become... Um, really good at Lego and solitaire and reading. But what's hard is when you're an adult with an adult parent that needs looking after or, um, you know, just to have a bit of support of someone else to like talk to about stuff. Um, That I think would be really great. And the idea of having a little tribe of people, um, I think, I'm really excited about that possibility. I'd be fine with an only child as well. There are so many benefits to having an only child, like not least financially, 
but I'd certainly in my life plan manifestation board is uh, a larger family than the one that I grew up in. I don't know if everyone knows this, but Lottie, you are an author. So in your book, and Lottie, please tell Mm. us the title and where it's available. Oh, thanks for asking. It's called How to Be a Gentlewoman, The Art of Soft Power in Hard Times. And it is available in all good um, independent bookshops, but it's also on Amazon. So you might want to buy it on Amazon if you're listening right now. So in the book, you give some gentle suggestions for being a family and how to deal with family situations. And I just wanted to put it to you because when you wrote your book, correct me if I'm wrong, but your daughter was very young, wasn't she? I actually wrote a lot of it um, before she was born. So yeah, life changed. So do you stand by a lot of the things that you, you kind of put in there in, in the book and have you found things evolving as your as both your parenting and your relationship with both your wife and also you know your family has evolved um yeah I do stand by it um actually yeah my daughter was born and I did write that experience into my chapter on family actually um I think I do stand by it all I I wrote it more coming from my perspective as a daughter I think um thinking about my parents now they're older and how you you know so I've got like a guide to getting to know your parents as people and how to avoid family confrontations and it's very much more sort of based on being an adult with your relationship with your parents and your family but yeah I have like uh in it in my book I do uh, a little box out about family planning and sort of suggested talking points which things that my wife and I spoke about when we were thinking about having a family that I would like to suggest that um, straight couples actually have these same kinds of conversations that that before they embark on on potentially starting a family so things like why is having a family important to you what's your timeline picture yourself in 30 years what will make you happy what kind of parent do you imagine you'll be what from your own upbringing would you emulate and what would you reject Um, What are your feelings about adoption and fostering? Even if you are um, a a different sexed couple, um, you know, how do you feel about that? Um, So I think that 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 advice, I think, is good advice for people, regardless of their sexuality, when they are starting to think about having a family. So what kind of parent do you think you'll be in 30 years time? Oh, hopefully a very well kept one (laughs) with a lovely daughter who looks after me in the way that I look after my mum and takes me on nice little mini breaks and takes me out for dinner and gets me theatre tickets and phones me every day and looks after me. Um, Not to sound too needy. But I hope I'm going to be quite chilled and I hope I'm going to not, I'm just going to let her be the person that she wants to be and not try and control her and her future based on what I think she should do or in any way try and live vicariously through her um I want her to feel happy and secure in my love for her and to know that I support her unconditionally um and that I am strong and she doesn't need to worry about me 
I think that would be a really great thing to instill in her. Well, that is beautiful. And I'm going to take that as my own personal view of how I want to be as a parent in 30 years as well. Oi, get your own. Oh, no, I'm stealing yours. <laughs> I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I mean, let's face it, we're both going to be awful, probably. <laughs> we're going to be like really needy and just like, why haven't you taken me for lunch at the Ivy this week? Exactly. And who knows what kind of world we're going to be living in by that point as well. But... But hopefully a wonderful, positive, inclusive and just glorious place that we'll be living in. But for now, I am going to retire. I'm going to head off. And it's been wonderful learning. I feel I do know you a bit more now. I feel actually I can actually put some details to Lottie Jess and likewise to you it's been really lovely to learn more about um, you and your family and also to learn more about the adoption process and to just feel a bit more knowledgeable about it and able to kind of um, not make any hideous unmeant faux pas if I meet people that are adopting Um, so it's been really good to open my mind and learn more um through talking to you about it so thank you I I'm desperate to sort of watch you crawl back into your big top tent that you've got behind you but that's very voyeuristic of you Lottie but (laughs) I'm going to turn my camera off and climb into my uh into my big tent in my into my big top yeah but thank you very much for listening (laughs) thank you for listening thank you guys and please do follow us we are at some families pod on instagram and twitter you can find us on facebook too and we love you guys and thank you for listening and good night take care bye planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.